Hello, welcome back to the Grip Tape Podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm always so excited for the episodes. But anyway, welcome to the Grip Tape Podcast. Grip Tape is the only space that gives youth the power to learn what they want, the funding to pursue their learning, and a champion to encourage them along the way. Okay, so I'm your host, Alicia Janae, or AJ, whichever one. Um, I'm going to start by with the updates. Okay, I have a couple. One, make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms. You can follow us on Instagram at griptape.org, and that's G-R-I-P-T-A-P-E-O-R-G, and then the Grip Taped podcast, the Grip Instagram. Um, and then you can follow me if you want to, to see who I am behind the mic, behind your headphones, at Alicia Janae. All the information will be in the description, of course. Next um, update, um, the challenge closes in, hold on, let me just check to make sure I have the right number of days, in four days from the time that this episode will be up. So the challenge closes on May 31st at 11.59 p.m. The Grip Tape Challenge allows you to get $500 in funding to pursue your own passions, to explore your own learning opportunities outside of the classroom so it doesn't have to involve math science reading writing the things that you normally have to do in school but it gives you the opportunity to really you know learn other things about yourself and things like that like there's so many different things you can do I did mine on my makeup business um someone did it on how to make their own jewelry how to write a book how to publish a book how they can publish their book um, learning a new language, learning how to beatbox. There's so many things that you can do. It's whatever you're passionate about. Maybe you're not really sure if you want to, um, do this forever, but it's something that, you know, makes you excited, gets you, um, you know, in a better mood. Maybe it's painting and you want to get the materials to learn how to paint better or different things. I don't know, whichever you want to do, but Grip Tech gives you the funding to do it outside of the classroom so the challenge closes may 31st you can apply directly at griptape.org okay you can go there fill out the application and apply um and you know there's different ways to apply you can write your answers directly into the application you can email them to us you can record a video and send it to us you can request an interview if you're more of a speaker um things like that but those are all of the updates, I believe. If you have any questions, be sure to DM us directly at griptape.org on Instagram, at griptapepodcast on Instagram, or you can DM me personally at Alicia Janae, and we can get those questions answered. If you don't know how to apply, if you don't know which way is the best way to um, send in your interview, whatever you want to do, just let us know. DM us if you have any questions. Okay, I'm done with the updates. Let me introduce today's guest, Okay. This episode is pretty epic. The interview was so amazing. It was a conversation, not even an interview. We really got to go kind of like reverse, rewind back in time to how Grip Tape started, why it started, who it started with, um, changes that have happened over time. We got pretty deep into the conversation, okay? Hold on, let me get my notes so that you can know the good points, okay? I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. So a little fact check. Grip Tape started in the summer of 2016. 
you'll hear more about it, how it was developed, who did it and why. Um, but it's 2020, it's summer 2020 almost now. So Grip Tape has been going for four years strong. And you know, this is crazy. Like summer 2016, I don't even remember what I was doing really. Summer 2016, so I was working at a grocery store. I really didn't like that grocery store, but that's besides the point, okay? Grip Tape is just, it's so crazy to hear about how it started. Um, in this interview with Mark, um, which is technically the founder of Grip Tape, he was the first person to give youth the opportunity to explore their own challenge. So really the face of Grip Tape is the youth that started it, but Mark just helped them get the resources that they needed and you'll get to hear him uh, kind of learn about the thought process behind it and things like that. It's crazy to think that so many people thought that, you know, grip tape wasn't going to work. And we definitely talk about that in this episode. Um, and he will talk about how learning, you know, it should be fun. And, and grip tape allows you to learn things that you can't learn about in school and that you didn't know really existed behind that. We talk a lot about how this correlates to college majors and people's future with jobs and things like that. But just stay tuned. Um, we also talked about the different things that you can do after your grip tape challenge. So getting a part of the youth leadership board, the social media team, the podcast team, the best team, <laughs> um, and different leaders that are around the U.S. that work with grip tape on a daily basis. But anyway, I don't want to tell you all the good stuff. Just listen to the episode and you'll learn more about what we talked about. And also, before we start, Take a moment, leave five stars, okay? I know it's only a couple minutes into the episode, but I know it's already good, okay? So you can leave that five-star review. But anyway, be sure to follow us on Instagram and get all the updates. And don't forget to apply. The countdown is really on. It's only four days left. All right, let's get into that. Um, when was Grip Tape officially, like, started? Like, what was the year? What was going on? Where were you? Like, how did this all begin? It was summer of... Summer of 2016 was the first ever learning challenge. Um, and so that was, one, that was one start date that we often talk about because that was the first time we ever asked young people, what are your passions? And we are going to sponsor you to pursue those things. That was summer of 2016. Um, and then back up a year, summer mm -hmm. of like summer fall of 2015 was when we started this thing with this idea that young people have this desire to drive their learning, but they don't really have an ability to do it often. And so it was me and like 10 teenagers who came up with this idea of like, well, what would it look like if youth were actually driving their learning? Um, and we had no idea. So it took yeah. us, it took us a while to figure that out. Um, and then we launched the, the first ever learning challenge in uh, August of 2016. Wow. Okay. So how many youth were a part of the first ever learning challenge? Nine. That's it. Nine. Nine. Wow. Okay. So do you know, do you remember like any of their, what their challenges were or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me, I want to know all the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, because, because when we first started, there were only nine. We didn't know, we didn't know if it was going to work. Right. So, so young people had designed this thing, like teenagers designed the learning challenge in June and July. And then, and most of the adults we told about it, they thought that, wait a minute, 
you're going to give teenagers money and they get to make their own goals and there's no accountability and you're not going to like, like help them at all. I'm like, no, 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 we are going to help them. We're providing them with funding and with decision-making authority and with a champion who, 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 who motivates them and believes in them. But most of the adults thought it wasn't going to work. Um, and so we had to, we had to find money and we had to find like, like people who could help make us this, make this thing work. And we didn't have much money and we didn't have many people. And so, um, so we just started small with nine people. So, so one of the first ever challenges was Ethan. And if, um, if you remember Ethan, Ethan was the young man who, who said, I really like theater and community theaters can't afford lighting systems. And I want to invent a lighting system that community theaters could afford. Right. And so I remember saying to Ethan, I was like, well, Ethan, do you know anything about lighting systems? And he's like, no. I was like, well, Ethan, do you, Ethan, do you know how to like code or anything? No. And, and the first learning challenge was only five weeks. So in a period wow. of five weeks, he invented a lighting system. Um, it's done. It's on the grip tape website now. Uh, like I think it's still there, the pictures of this lighting system. Um, uh, and he invented it and it worked and he hooked it up to his computer and he built like this box and he had all these lights that he could press buttons and it would do different stuff. And, um, uh, yeah, he was one of the first ever challengers, by the way, he went on to major in college in, um, dual major in computer science and theater. Uh, That's it was, it was so cool. I hope that we can get like another episode just with all of the first nine challengers just to talk with them. That would be amazing. Just to see like kind of like where their mindset was and comparing that to where it is now and what they're doing. That would be so epic. You know who else? Definitely put it on the list. Do you remember Nigeria? Remember Nigeria? Yes, yes. So Nigeria was one of the first ever nine challengers. And so Brooklyn, New York, her friends had created this clothing line um, called uh, Juiced, right? So it was a clothing line called Juiced. They didn't have any way to market it or advertise it. And so they had like built these like t-shirts and clothing things, but they didn't have a way to sell it or get it out there. And so her learning challenge was learning how to market her friend's clothing line. And she put on a professional photo shoot um, and, and, uh, like a day or two days before the professional photo shoot, like the photographer canceled, the models canceled, the t-shirts weren't ready. She, and, oh and gosh. yet she pulled off the whole thing. In fact, if you look at the pictures from that photo shoot way back in 2016, they're like, they're incredible. They're like professional photos. She pulled the whole thing oh off. So definitely have to talk with her because I think that's something that a lot of youth, even now applying, they're afraid of failure. What if things don't go right? Things don't go the way that you plan. But like, you can never predict how things can go. Just like you can't predict how 2020 went. And we're just living unpredictable lives, but it's just how can you persevere through that is really the yes. challenge. Do you remember you, um, Kimani? You know, Kimani was one of the second. So we first did nine and then we had 20. So it was just small numbers, right? But 20. So in, Kimani was in the second ever learning challenge and he wrote a blog two years ago. Um, so this is two years after his learning challenge. He writes a blog and he wrote, I fa the blog's title is I failed my grip tape challenge. Um, and then he goes on to say, I learned more in my failed 10 weeks than I learned in my entire first year of college. And so honestly, I think that's a key concept failing. Right. Right. And it made him think about like, okay, what did I do wrong here? How am I going to fix that? If I want to be a filmmaker, then I got to change the way that I'm doing things. And he wrote, he wrote a blog about, it. actually, he just recorded a video about it. it. Hasn't come out yet. I think it's like going to come out next week. So um, Ooh, exclusives. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So that's really, I don't think I've ever put it into words, but I feel like I wasn't successful. Well, I was successful, but in a different extent when it came to my challenge, like my initial goals, I feel like it wasn't even what, what I did wasn't what I planned to do at all. Like I had planned to go um, to different cities and take these classes. I never left my city. I never went anywhere else. Um, but because of that, just taking that leap that I did with my challenge, I've taken so much, so many other larger leaps now that I'm not afraid to do things that people would be like, oh, I can't do that. Like with my challenge, I was given the opportunity to invest in things that I would never buy myself. But now I make investments for my business and for the success of my future all the time. And it doesn't scare me. Now, other people, they'll be like, I'm not, I can't put money into that. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't. You just have to hope that something comes out of it, whether that's a lesson or the actual thing that you want to get from it. But failing is so essential. Like, I'm not afraid to fail because I know there's a lesson behind it. And I think that's something that more youth need to understand that they get confused or they get scared to apply because they're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. But this is where you learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. Like so many, so many of the challengers at grip tape say like, this is about trial and error. And, and by the way, isn't like life often about trial and error. Like what got you over the hump of, of being um, like confident to invest? Um, I think it was just because honestly, I was like, this is not my money. This is a grant. So it's not necessarily hurting my bank account. So I can figure out how to do it. But it was also like, I want to make the most out of this opportunity. So how can I budget? Like, I don't want to spend all my money on one thing. So how can I get 10 or 20 things out of this? So it was really just finding new ways to um, work smarter and not harder. Yep. Yeah, we, you know, we just had a challenger, McKay, he was out in Colorado, and he was super interested in the stock market um, and learning all about it. But he didn't have the, you know, he didn't have a lot of money to invest in the stock market. And that felt really risky, right? And so we sponsored him and he was able to use some of the grip tape money to learn how to do the stock market. So like, to your point, like it was lower stakes, because he could use the grip tape grant to learn about the stock market and to actually buy stocks. Yeah. And that is such a huge market right now. Youth learning how to buy stocks, like, I want everyone to buy stocks right now, specifically in Amazon, because Amazon is going, is just doing things. And if you buy the stock right now, when you actually retire, you'll, you'll be a millionaire without trying. You hope. So, you hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the initial vision? Like, I know we kind of touched on it, but what was the conversations that led to actually, okay, we're really going to do this? Like, what was kind of that push? What was the missing pieces that created this full up puzzle? Yeah, well, the it all came from the years prior to Grip Tape, where um, I was I was uh, I was like a superintendent and a principal and doing those kind of things, and and I was seeing kids, especially in high school, who who thought you know school's important and I need to be here and it will help to get me where I want to be in the world. But there were two huge problems that they were identifying. The first was, like, I'm kind of bored here. I'm kind of just going through the motions. Like, this isn't super engaging. This doesn't feel really authentic. Like, I don't, you know, that was like, they weren't really into it. Like, shouldn't learning be fun? Shouldn't your brain be on fire? And that wasn't the case. They're kind of just going through the motions. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was, they said, you know what? I have all these things I'm interested in learning about but I don't get to learn about them here in school. And oftentimes, like I don't have the resources at home to pursue those things. So if I wanna learn about the stock market or I wanna learn about um, launching a business or if I wanna learn how to run a voter registration campaign or I wanna learn how to 
how to speak Russian or, or any of these things, or I want to learn how to cook or all these things that kids are interested in learning about that feel very real to them and, and like touches their heart. Oftentimes young people don't have the ability to pursue those things, especially if they come from a, a family that doesn't have a lot of money and they don't go to fancy programs. So we started grip tape to say young people have dreams and passions that they want to learn about. And, and the current institution of learning, this thing called school, doesn't often allow them to pursue those things. So kids spend eight out of 10 waking hours a year outside of classes. Well, why don't we use some of that time to allow young people to drive their own learning in the direction that they want to drive it? And so uh, it was really, it all stemmed from conversations um, with teenagers to say, you know what, I have dreams and passions, I wanna pursue them and, um, and I don't have a way to do it. And so we invented grip tape to try to have a way to allow teenagers to pursue those things. That's, that really just like touched me because I recently um, did an interview for someone that was applying for the grip tape challenge and we kind of shared a connection on coming from cities that weren't, you know, the most privileges, they don't have a lot of resources. And there's so many people that say, I hate school, or there are people that are skipping school or not going to school or just sleeping all day in school. And it's like, it's because you're not learning anything that's one that's really going to be helpful for you. You're just trying to figure out how do I survive and how do I help my family? And school isn't giving you those resources right then and there. And then you're also, you're just there and you feel like, what is my purpose? But if you're learning something that you're actually interested in, it could really change your whole mindset on education. And I think that's why I've always been like a nerd because I've liked the, the boring stuff. I've liked learning about math because I saw what could it could do for me in the future. I knew that if I could calculate these things then I could figure out how to make a budget, how I can uh, build my tax credit, like these things not everyone's thinking about, but if these conversations were happening more often in school and more creative fields were happening, which is what grip tape is, a lot of people would be a lot more successful now and not doing the things that everyone's complaining about, but you're not giving them opportunities to really figure out what they want to do. And people yes. drop out of college and change their majors all the time because they haven't figured out what they want to do because they never got that opportunity to explore it before they had to pay for it. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so I take, there's so many group tape challengers that are like pursuing things that they want to do in their career or might want to do in their career. And they're trying to figure that out. And then like that, the podcast you did a couple podcasts ago with, um, I think it was like Alexandria or Alexandra, mm -hmm. um, right. Well, she was pursuing music. She had like this love of music and, and she didn't have an ability to pursue it. And her school didn't offer like the music classes. Right. And so, so she did her grip tape challenge on like learning the guitar and then she put out songs and, um, uh, and I was like, I was, she, you know, she had huge courage, right? So she learned to play and she put those songs out and then, and then like all her peers heard the songs and she got really great feedback on it. So I thought like grip tape can also be about these things that, that maybe ultimately they don't make you money um, at all, but, but they touch your heart and they're about your purpose and, and, and about what brings you fulfillment in life. Yeah. I, I wish that more people could understand that if you find something that you love and you do it, it doesn't matter how much money you're getting paid for it, you're gonna be a lot happier than someone that's making all the money in the world doing something that they absolutely hate. And then right. there's also the idea that grip tape is the is a confidence builder because you're able to learn what you wanna do and you have the freedom and ability to really learn it. So it's not just about um, trying something new or being able to get the things that you never were able to to, to find a purpose, but it's also about building confidence because you are sharing it with others. 
however you want to do it online, digitally with your family, whatever, you're sharing it with others. So you're able to build confidence, not in just what you're doing, but in yourself. And I think that's really big because it was definitely a confidence builder for my skills and abilities because it showed me that there's way more than what we're learning in school and what our community shows us. Because if you don't come from the best community, you only know what you see. If you aren't constantly surrounded by positive and people that are big goal accomplishers, then you don't know what other goals there are. So it's just, uh, I've never even like thought about it like this, but this is really getting my brain going. Like just thinking about the opportunities that Recryptic really does give you. So looking at historically compared to now, how has grip tape evolved over time? Mm. Well, first of all, we're a lot bigger than we used to be. So, um, so one huge thing is like when we started, it was we were able to sponsor nine young people or 20 young people or 30 young people. Um, and this summer, we're going to accept 180 uh, young people uh, for this for this summer learning challenge. So it has grown hugely in numbers, and we're going to probably have over 500 applications. Right? That application closes in three or four days from now on on May 31st, and we're going to have over 500 applications. So just the scale of this thing um, has gotten much bigger. And now there's been young people in more than 40 states. I think it might be maybe even more than 45 states now. So we grew all across the country and grew in numbers. That's a big evolution. Um, a second one is that because we do this three times a year, um, each time we do it, we learn how to do it better. So the other thing that has happened is we've like gotten better at executing a learning challenge. Like how do you help a young person to, to create their goals? How do, you, how do you sponsor them as a champion, like who believes in them and takes an interest in them and help them reflect? How do you do that really well? Each time we do this, we, you know, we're doing it, doing it this is like the 13th time each time we do this we we make improvements so um so our champion model has gotten better uh we've gotten more efficient we've gotten faster we're able to get grants to young people faster we're able to we also started like rolling admissions so now if a young person applies there's a chance that they could be sponsored you know 48 hours later and be off and running pursuing their passion 72 hours later like so in, in other words like you don't have to wait um, you know, months to start anything, you could, you could start right away. So I think that we're always trying to do like better and better quality. How do you make the grip tape learning ex uh, challenge experience better and better and better? Um, and then the other evolution, which is different than the learning challenge that I guess most people don't know about is that the whole organization is, is like invented and led by young people. Right? So, so we've got the youth leadership board with nine young people who lead, the, who lead like the, the strategy and the decisions of the organization. Um, and we have youth leaders now all over the country who are helping doing things like, like following up with challengers and like creating videos. And um, there's a whole social media team um, that, so we've got a whole leadership aspect of Grip Tape that when we started, didn't really exist because now it's it's all made up of these alumni. So um, so we you know we now have a situation where after a young person it does grip tape, they often ask like, well, what can I do next? And um, and now there's a there's a bunch of answers to that, right? You could become a youth leadership board member. You could join us for a design day weekend in 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 a city in America. You could uh, join the social media team. There's a bunch of opportunities for young people now to to have leadership chances with us. 
I think that's amazing. Uh, maybe I'm being biased, but because <laughs> I am on the YLB. But I think that not only was the challenge impactful, but I totally get that. Like, you do something so life-changing and you're like, okay, how do I keep this momentum? Like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm, I have so much energy. How do I stay involved with this amazing organization that has given me opportunities that I never had? Okay, I can do this. So, like, that is really amazing. Um, you touched a little bit on the champions. Can you explain what the champions role is and what they do, what they're here for? Yeah. Well, so when teenagers invented the learning challenge way back in uh, 2016, um, they said that they wanted three things in order to, to follow their, their passions, right? The first was they needed some money to do it. And so that's the $500. They needed decision-making authority, as in like, I'm a teenager and I get to decide what I'm going to learn and how I'm going to learn it and who I'm going to learn it with. I get to make those decisions because usually I don't get to make those decisions. And so the money and the decision-making, but the third thing they asked for was a person to really believe in them and help them along without telling them what to do, right? There was this idea that, that kids have so many adults in their lives who are, you know, either directly or indirectly trying to tell them what to do. Um, hey, you can do that. You know, it's like, it's like the, old, the old people in the room are trying to, constantly trying to give advice to the young people in the room. Oh, you know, like I, I have this wisdom and this, and this knowledge and I'm going to impart it on, on all these teenagers. And so um, when they invented the learning challenge at Grip Tape, they said they didn't want that. They wanted a chance to truly own it on their own without somebody telling them what to do. So the champion role does three, only three things. One, believe in the young person no matter what. So when a teenager is struggling with their learning challenge, the champion is always there to say, I believe in you, like you can do this. You've got this vision for this. Um, I know that you're on a good path. I hear that you're struggling right now, but you can do it, right? So, so the champion believes in the young person always. Um, second is that the champion takes an interest in what the young person is interested in. This is like super different. So if you think about it like this, that, that um, I, had a, I had a challenger who was doing soldering, you know, like, like putting metal together with a soldering tool. And I didn't know anything about soldering. And so my role as a champion was to take an interest in soldering and, and learn about it from my challenger. His, his name was Cole. And so Cole was doing all this soldering stuff and I got to take an interest in soldering and understand soldering and the tools he was trying to create. He was trying to invent a soldering tool. Um, and uh, uh, for his learning challenge. So that's the second thing. So first is belief, second is interest, and the third is help the, help the challenger to reflect. So, mm -hmm. so this idea that like, we're always making decisions in life and, and we're, you know, we, we're weighing the pros and cons and should we talk to somebody and what decision should we make and were we successful or was it, was it hard? And so the champion helps the challenger to think about the decisions they're making, what they wanna do. And so there's a difference between helping somebody think, helping somebody to reflect and telling somebody what to do. So the champion never tells them what to do. Well, I think you should do this. No, the champion says, how do you feel about that? How did that go for you? What did that, was that successful? What do you think you might do next, right? These, these, I, it, it's somebody to talk to that allows the challenger to think. So that's it, the recipe is believe in the young person no matter what, take an interest in what the young person is interested in um, and help them to reflect along the way. Yeah, I think that it's kind of like having a therapist for your challenge. <laughs> they just listen to you and they're like, yeah, I totally get it. And they help you to really develop your thought process, but they don't pressure you. And I think that's really beautiful because 
you're constantly around adults that are like, you should do it like this, or you should do this major, or you should major in this, or you should become a lawyer instead of a doctor, or you should become a doctor instead of a teacher. You're always getting these pressures, but you have a champion that's like, what do you want to do? And it's like, wow, what do I want to do? And it helps you to really explore that. Do you know how many champions are a part of Grip Tape? Yeah. Um, well, over the last few years, there's been uh, more than 100. I don't, I don't know, maybe 120, 130 champions that have been a part of Grip Tape. Um, and right now we have a group of, I think it's like, I think it's like 14. I think we have 14 champions right now who, who are called research champions mm -hmm. and they each have like 10 to 15 challengers who they support. Um, and so we have like this core group of research champions. And by the way, champions are not always adults. So we have a champion right now who's a research champion who's, I think, I think he's like 20 years old. Um, and he was a former challenger. Um, so champions can also be like um like a near peer like a like a young person who's who's close to the age of the of the person who's doing their challenge um uh and that's been a really cool thing like the champions who can be champions for so many kids like they get better and better at it if you think about it it's like um and i did this myself i did i was a champion for 10 challengers last cycle and 10 the cycle before when you're a champion for 10 young people you get better at being a champion because you're constantly reflecting on your practice uh for that many young people right that makes a lot of sense yeah um i think that people always build people i've seen so many people create um great like mentorship relationships and things like that with their champion even after the challenge and it's a resource that you can have especially because everyone's like all around the u.s that you know, your champion could be in Georgia and you're in New York and you know about events in New York or Atlanta now and you can go there. Like, it's, it's great. Um, I think that's really beautiful. Um, so looking at, like, school, like, I want to learn more about, like, you. Like, um, you said that you were a teacher and superintendent, so you know exactly, like, hands-on, like, what um, – students are required in the education system. Do you think that there are means for improvement that the education system can learn from grip tape? Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, it's, it's nice in, in this role that I have now, I get to talk to um, people like state superintendents or, or school superintendents or school principals or, or people who like um, are looking to improve their schools or their districts or their, or their state education systems. Um, and there's a few things. In fact, there's really like two major things I think that people often um, take from grip tape that they really appreciate um, and then try to improve their schools. And so, um, I mean, there's more than two, but to highlight two of them. One of them is that if you think about it, like schools don't often value the learning that happens outside of school, right? So, so if you think about it, like school is giving you grades for science class and English class and physical education and all these things, but those are the courses that happen during the six hours of school. But what about during the, all the other hours after school or on the weekends or during the summers? Young people are learning stuff all the time. And they're learning really important things, like to your point before about budgeting and, and about decision making and about, and about stocks and about launching businesses and about, and about uh, social ventures. And like, like the Grip Tape Challengers are learning about all sorts of stuff. So imagine if you went to a school 
where when you got back from the weekend or you got back from the summer, that the school asked you about what you learned and really cared about that and cared about what you learned outside of the building and valued that and recognized that. That would be, that would be incredible. I mean, maybe your transcript included all these other things you did outside of school or you got credit, like maybe your electives out, you know, that, that you chose to take in school. Maybe now those are outside of school. What this boils down to, like in, in a policy, from a policy lens is that schools could recognize anytime, anywhere learning, that the learning doesn't happen to ha have to happen in this building to be important, obviously, um, and that they can recognize it, validate it, credit it, um, that you're recognizing what a young person is doing anytime, anywhere, not just during the school. So that's one, I think that's one really important shift. Yes, that that's really big. And a second really amazing thing would be, I mean, imagine if schools took even a small bit of funding. So maybe it was some local funding or some discretionary funding or some Title I funding or some sort of funding stream that they had. And they put it towards like a, a youth innovation fund. And imagine then that like you were a, a junior, maybe let's say every ninth grader, every ninth grader starting this in this high school that they come in and they have the opportunity to do like a grip tape challenge as part of their school. And they can apply to this innovation fund and maybe they could get a couple hundred dollars and they can chart their own goals. And maybe their champion is a teacher or their homeroom person or whoever it is. But the school could offer up this innovation fund that allows young people to learn on their own terms. And I think the important thing there is that it, it, um, it would help the school to, to make a transition towards youth-driven learning in a low-stakes way. Right? It's not like you're turning like math class over to kids. Right? What you're in essence doing is you're asking kids, what do you really want to learn? And then sponsoring them to do that and then being with them as they pursue it. And all you really need is, is, a, is a little bit of an innovation fund at the school level. Um, and you'd need some, some teachers who wanted to be champions for those youth. And by the way, there's lots of adults who love this champion role. So I don't think it would be hard for a school to fill that at all. Um, so imagine schools did those two things, like anytime, anywhere learning and some innovation fund to run like a little challenge in their school. That could be pretty game changing, especially for ninth graders as they come into school. And now it's not just their classes. It's like recognizing this whole child learning everywhere kind of approach. That's, it's so crazy because for a couple of things, one, I voted that we just have a grip tape school, but two, <laughs> I think that, well, at least in my county, we had to do this thing called a backpack defense. I don't know if other counties or other states are doing that now, but it's kind of where you have to defend that you are eligible to graduate. So you have to bring them all of these things you did in school, why they're important, why this will help you in the future. And if we just did something like that, whether it's a, a freshman project or like a senior project where you have to figure out what is something else I want to learn and you create this project and you learn it, and that validates your, not only who you are, your skills and abilities, your passions can help you figure out what you want to actually do in college. It also makes you feel like, okay, this school actually cares about other things besides some test scores and my GPA, yeah. which is very important. And it's crazy because colleges, Colleges, interestingly, want to know what you're doing outside of school. 
They want to know it in your essays when you're applying. They want to know it on your transcripts, on your resumes, um, all of these things. But high school only focuses on what you're doing inside the classroom. But in reality, you need so much more to seem like the great candidate for colleges to get the funding that you want, the scholarships and the recognition that you deserve. But it's not something that is really focused or implemented in the high school curriculum. I think, I think that everything that we've talked about is definitely conversations that need to happen more often. But even just the simplest thing of having goals, a lot of you surprisingly don't know what goals are realistically. They know, okay, I want to, I want to read more maybe, or I want to wake up earlier, or I want to work out more. But there's so much more than on the surface that people don't know. Like, learning a new language and actually studying something different like people put themselves in a box because maybe it's easier or it could be again simply your environment environments are very important um and they don't know that there's so much more to the world until they're out in the world and it's kind of scary because they get that shock factor that like college is a shock factor for a lot of people especially if you haven't had independence, you haven't been living on your own, you're doing everything on your own, you're just thrown out there. But if you kind of start building those habits throughout your life, things get so much easier. And they it becomes to, more fun. Follow, they ought to follow your Instagram. Like you, you are a college, you are a, you are a college age young woman who is always talking about this stuff on Instagram, like setting goals and having purpose in life. They can just follow Lisa Janae on Instagram. <laughs> they should, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's grip tape actually was um, how I met a lot of my closest friends. Um, I met. Um, Mayana through grip tape and another organization that I had started that we met through and we talk all the time there's a girl named Gia in Atlanta that we met and we're like the three amigos and it's just people I never thought I would have met all over the world I have friends in every state now I think maybe not yet not Alaska but I have them everywhere because of grip tape grip tape is is a world of opportunities and I just wanted to take this time to kind of chat with you because I kind of I just well I definitely want to say thank you because you giving youth the opportunity to be in charge to get the funding to get the resources has provided a whole new mindset for me like there's so much more than what people think there's so much more than under the surface. There's opportunities. You can build your confidence. You can learn what you want. And these skills, learning these early in high school, I was able to really um, implement those into my everyday life. And now I'm doing things that no, well, not a lot of college students are doing. I'm thinking ways that I never thought I would think I would be able to explore and doing things that um, people aren't doing until 10 years later. So I thank you because you giving youth the opportunity has given me the opportunity to share the message with others. And that is so valuable. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, grip tape is a, is a piece of heaven on earth. Yeah, that's, that's super kind. It's been like a total honor and a joy to be a part of this um, and to like work alongside some visionary young people along the way. And, you know, the, some of the earlier ones, right? Abby and Natasha and Femi and Caitlin and, and the, that group. Um, and now the people I get to work alongside now, which are, you know, our ninth, nine youth leadership board members, you included, um, and a whole bunch of our youth leaders constantly learning from young people. Um, I mean, that's the key for me was that it, it came down to we have to listen to and learn from young people in a way we haven't done before. Yeah, I think that's, 
I'm grip tape has so many I know that it has so much more in store and you know this podcast we're going on tour you guys but you have to leave us five star ratings first <laughs> on whatever listening platform that you're on but um just speaking big goals for the future is definitely important so thank you you're welcome thank you AJ Okay, you guys, what did you think about the episode? I absolutely, this is one of my favorite episodes that I think I've ever recorded. Um, We really just got all the details. Like, I loved it. Like, I didn't know so much of the background and like how Grip Tape started, but it's good to know, you know? So that way I can, I have more information now when I'm sharing with others about what Grip Tape is, you know? When people have questions, I have more information to actually answer it fully. So that's very exciting. I totally, totally forgot to ask the question of the episode. Oh my gosh, that would have been a great thing, but I totally forgot to ask the question of the episode. So um, our interviewee didn't get a chance to answer it, but you know, I'm going to answer it. (laughs) But anyway, let's get to the question. So the question of the episode is how do you feel about rain? I know that's kind of crazy, but it's raining right now and it really just like bothered me. Okay, so this is how I feel about rain. It's nasty. I don't like how it feels, especially like when it's raining and you didn't know and you don't have an umbrella and you just feel like, ill. like, um, it's been raining a lot here lately. It'll be like super sunny. And then next thing you know, it's raining. Like it started raining today. And I was like, it's raining. I was so confused. Like it came out of nowhere, but it's raining today. And I don't really like it. Um, and it's messing up our beautiful sunny days here in little old Kentucky. Um, no, no, no. I'm from Louisville, not from Kentucky. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you don't, I mean, you're not from Louisville, so you, you wouldn't know. But um, I don't really like rain, especially when the really hard rain. Like, I could I can do a couple sprinkles. I'm still not going to stand outside in it. I'm still going to be in the house. But I don't like I don't like being outside with the rain. I like when I can look on, look at rain from the inside, though, because I have the best naps when it rains, especially when it's thunder, and I have the best naps, the best sleeps. But when it's rainy, I just know that, like, there's not a lot happening. So it really motivates me to work because it's not like I'm missing anything. When it's sunny outside, you're like, dang, I need to go outside. But when it's rainy, you're like, oh, I'm not missing anything. I can just do work in the house. But anyway, that was the question of the episode. Be sure to let us know your answers so we can include it into the next episode. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I need to know the answer so I can include it in the next episode. You can DM us, email us, um... Or you can send in voice responses through the Anchor app. But whatever listening platform you're on, just head to our Instagram at Group Taped Podcast and let us know what you feel about the rain or how you feel about the rain. Whichever one is grammatically correct. All right. Peace out, Girl Scout, Boy Scout.